0: Dude, that wouldn't have worked. He would have broke his arm. That's There's fair. no way that physics
1: it. stick today, Matt. And I, I know, but
0: like you see that though, and that's like a big. It's like that's literally if we if we had MythBusters go and attempt that, which they wouldn't because they would have just said, "Hey, the dude's arm would break."
2: podcast, we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host Matt and
0: Oh yeah. Better red than dead. <laughs> and Alec Purchase.
2: <Burgess. laughs> here we go. Oh
0: yeah. Let's get
2: it. <laughs> I love this game. It never gets old. Uh we appreciate you tuning in and listening and watching and all those things you guys do. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. Tell a friend about us. All those things help us grow the podcast, keep us going. As Alec will like to say on occasion, it boosts our probably slightly too high ego as it already is the more watchers we get uh, and listeners. So thank you very much. It doesn't hurt. No, not even at all. It's
0: easier to go to bed. It's easier to wake up, easier to pee, like amongst of other
2: things. Absolutely. And with that, today, we are here to talk about Enola Holmes 2. It was released November 4th, 2022. It was written by... Jack Thorne, and Harry Bradbeer. It was directed by Harry Bradbeer. It stars Millie Brown, Henry Cavill, David Thulis, Louis Partridge, Adil Akhtar, Susan Wakoma, and Sharon Duncan Brewster, along with Helena Bonham Carter. Now a detective for hire, Anola Holmes takes on her first official case to find a missing girl as the sparks of a dangerous conspiracy ignite a mystery that requires the help of friends and Sherlock himself to unravel. Anola Holmes too. let's talk about it. Spoiler, she doesn't make any money. Uh,
0: <laughs> question for JJ Anytime that I see a movie or a TV show that breaks the fourth wall, I always go back to JJ used to say he didn't like when shows did that. How did that land this time, JJ?
2: You know, I expected it because they did it so much in the first Enola Holmes, and I didn't. I mm-hmm. forgot that they did it. Yeah. And I don't, if you go back and listen to it, because we did an episode of Enola Holmes, I really enjoyed the first Enola Holmes movie. I thought it was fun. And Millie Bobby Brown has just so much charisma that she, she can carry a TV show, a movie very well, just because of the amount of charisma and she's just interesting and fun to watch. So I think the choice for her to play that character was very smart. Now I feel like they took it up a notch in this one. And I I didn't go back and rewatch Enola Holmes. I've just had too much going on lately. So I just didn't, I was like, I don't need to, I It's not worth going back and rewatching, even though it's normally something I do when it's been a couple years since I watched the original. But I don't remember there being that much fourth wall break in the first one. There was a lot in this one and it was starting to grate on me until you get to that climax lead up. And then they kind of stop it for a while, which was good because there was some moments where I'm like, okay, this she's doing more fourth wall. She looked at the
0: camera so many times.
2: Yeah. And that was something, like I said, there, there was a lot of that carryover and I do feel that it worked better in the first one, though it's not the worst case of fourth wall breaks I've ever seen. <coughs> She-Hulk. But, <laughs> but because again, it, the, the fourth wall breaks in this, even though it was a little much sometimes, made sense to me. Like I get what the intent was and there were times that I was laughing at it. However, I think they overdid it a little in this movie. I guess that would be my answer to your question.
0: Alec, what's your gut reaction? I haven't watched this. Did not like it. Did you watch the first one with us?
1: I I did not watch it with you guys, but I did watch it because I was a full-time listener at that point. Didn't like the first one either. Gotcha. But my dislike comes from the source material because Mm. this is based off of books, right, JJ, that were written by someone? Yep. So dabbling a little bit in writing for my job and everything else, I find it lazy that a writer would piggyback off of somebody else's work knowing that if they wrote the same story without piggybacking, it wouldn't sell. Sure. The only reason why this was popular is it's Enola Holmes, who is Sherlock's younger sister. And it's Sherlock's fame that carries it through. And, you know, kind of like that trickle down fame. So I'm not a fan of that type of story or source material because I find it lazy. So then when they put it into film form, I get really nitpicky. Mm. because I feel like if you took your cast of characters that you have, right, which is a phenomenal cast, JJ, you just said it. Millie Bobby yeah. Brown has charisma off the charts. Mm-hmm. Do a detective show that stars a Millie Bobby Brown in Victoria era, England, do the same exact thing, but don't use this cruddy source material, in my opinion, mm. and it would be far better. It's fair.
2: I will say I have read the first book. It's written by an author named Nancy Springer. And they're, They're fun books for young adults. And I don't disagree with you, Alec. I think I agree. In fact, I think I said something along those same lines during the first one that I'm not a huge fan of the connection with Sherlock Holmes was my only issue. But it's interesting because the source material is kind of like, I think the idea behind it was to make the idea of Sherlock Holmes more palatable for kids. Because it's not. No. The actual Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's books are not they're hard reads. They're heavy duty, intelligent. Like I struggle to read. I love Sherlock Holmes books. Some of my favorite writings, but they're hard to read. They take time. They take some serious synapse firing to keep up with everything. And the Enola Holmes ones are, are meant to feel that way for kids. So it's easier to keep up with. I read the first one. I'm like, I'm done because it's not as interesting and it's meant for young adults. So I get that for sure. I will say that they in the first one, too, they did a good job of keeping up the source material, like matching up with it. And there's not as much Sherlock in the books as they have leaned into in this show. And I don't know if that's true with the second book. I don't even know if this is based on the actual second book or if it's just they took the characters and expanded on the first episode or the first season or for show. But that was one of my issues with this movie was I was like, just make me another Sherlock movie, right? Like it didn't feel like a Nola Holmes movie. It felt like a team up and I'm like, I don't want that. I want Millie Bobby Brown running away from her brothers constantly and trying to, you know what I mean? That was what was fun to me about the first one is that it was very much her own story. Whereas this one, it felt like it wasn't her story. It was the Holmes family story. And that didn't interest me as much. So I, Holmes and Holmes. Yeah, which I also think could be interesting if that's how you're going to sell it. But if you're selling it as Enola Holmes's story, it didn't feel that way to me most of this movie. And so I'm with you. I felt like they leaned too much on Henry Cavill as well as Sherlock in that connection. And I was like, you're missing the point for me. And I don't think Millie Bobby Brown needs that. I think she proved that in the first one. The fact that you had Henry Cavill in the first one, he was only in it for like 15 minutes of a two hour movie proved to me and Helena Bonham Carter was the same way. Like you have major A-list actors in the first one, but they're only in it for a few minutes and it still worked. This one, they're in it more with the exception of the oldest brother. And it's like, it didn't work for as much for me because it felt like they were too involved in my opinion. Whereas I just enjoyed Millie Bobby Brown and the character in the first one and what she was doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you there. What about you, Mattson? Same question.
0: I mean, I'm a sucker for Henry Cavill. So (laughs) in some ways I'm like, I could have used him even more. Like I Mm -hmm. like Millie Bobby Brown. I mean, you guys know, I like stranger things. She's obviously a completely different character (laughs) than that. And I think she's a good actor. Like I don't, I don't mind. it To me, this the one and two of Anola Holmes is very whimsical, mm-hmm. um, and I think they even leaned a little bit more into that. And that's where, like, when we watch like from Thor Ragnarok into Thor Love and Thunder, like they lean mm-hmm. into what made that first one so good. And this one, I think it, it's always hard. Like a lot of these comedy sequels, like Twenty One Jump Street and the the sequel things like that, it always they try to go over the top some more, and that's usually where I get turned off. And so I think a lot of this for me, like I didn't mind watching this. Like it's funny. Taylor was like, this is what you guys are watching. You're like this. And you make fun of me for all the trashy stuff I watch. <laughs> and I didn't really have like a response. Cause I like, well, yeah, it's not like my normal genre, but I don't mind it. Cause Millie Bobby Brown, she's, she's just entertaining for me. Like I, mm-hmm. it's fun. And I, I mean, I'm a sucker for Henry Cavill. Again, the dude like blessed with the looks of God and he's a great actor. And I like how he kind of plays Sherlock to an extent, but I just felt like they leaned too much into the whimsical nature. And at times, the Sherlocky Holmesness of it felt too planted with the obvious threads and like, oh, this clue with that club. Like, yeah, like maybe do a better job of making it seem more detective y than like, oh, that there was a little thread on the window. So, well, no shiz. Anyone could have seen that. Like, <laughs> great. And that just felt a little. The delivery there could have been better, and maybe a little bit more detective this than whimsicalness is what I was missing.
2: I agree. I don't want to misconstrue that I didn't like this movie. I didn't hate this movie. It just wasn't as good to me. Like I'm, com- I'm comparing, which is a problem. I shouldn't be doing that, but you can't help it in a sequel, right? And that I really liked the first one. I don't think I gave it like in the fours. And I will say that I did like Henry Cavill in it. In fact at the end, spoiler alert, when you meet home, uh, Oh, I'm pumped. Yeah, when you meet Doc Watson, I'm like, just give me that show. Like, let's make a sh- maybe, yeah. and I even said to case, I was like, maybe that's why he's going away from The Witcher. Maybe Netflix has convinced him to do uh, well, he'd a be Sherlock like Holmes. If they did a standalone Sherlock, like, I'd freaking be all over it. Boy, give me Hymish Patel as freaking Doc yeah. Watson, dude. I'm all in, man. That guy's hilarious. And you put the two of those together, and I, I'm in. Sold and so I really like, and I guess that's where my issue came from is like, I want a Henry Cavill, Heimish Patel show. Give me that movie, TV show, I'd prefer a TV show, but give it to me. But then give me my Enola Holmes only, Enola Holmes movie again, you know what I mean? And I think that's where is this like a lead in to a Henry Cavill product, or is this a continuation of a Millie, Bobby Brown? co-starring or has with a bit part from Henry Cavill. And so I think there was a little bit of just for me too much of that because I was confused as to what I was watching, even though I did enjoy it. Now, one thing that I was really pleased to see was David Thulis. Like I love him as a villain, like the main constable or whatever the superintendent, like that actor for me from he's always a villain and I love him as a villain. And I enjoyed him in this. Even though his part was kind of subdued and weird, like an obvious, but it was, yeah, I just enjoyed him thoroughly because I really like him.
0: Can we talk no about what. the physics with him on the horse, chasing the buggy and then his cool cane rifle thing? I mean, that was cool. Yeah. But then... Doesn't wait, He gets knocked out of his hand. And then what does he do? He's on the horse and he grabs the mile marker that's made out of wood. And it just comes out like, dude, that wouldn't have worked. He would have broke his arm. That's There's fair. no way. That physics it.
1: stick today, Matt. I, <laughs> I know, but
0: like you see that though. And that's like a big, it's like, that's literally, if we, if we had Mythbusters go on and attempt that, which they wouldn't because they would have just said, Hey, the dude's arm would break. He's not gonna lift that. It, the way it came out and it shattered off the wood. He's got the like, uh, no, like maybe. How about he keeps shooting his cane, runs out of bullets, and you know what he decides to do? Chuck it in
2: the wheel spoke. That would have worked. Well, by then he'd it's already a- had his uh, his cane gun pulled out of his hands with the whip, though.
0: I know, but don't <laughs> have it get pulled. Uh, so stupid. I was it just made me laugh. I was like, do they think I'm stupid?
2: Yes, probably. I mean, <laughs> or they just think that it looks cool. So we'll just do that. It and we did don't look it.
0: cool, but yeah. it's not real. I know. The reason I have a problem with Al, keep listening to us enough is when they do things like that, where the rest of the show is on brand with like what you'd expect in real world physics. That's where I'm just like, I guess it's the principle Jay just said, it looks cool. We should just do it. But I'm like, well, like, okay. So he had superhuman strength in his left forearm for a second. You know what else would be cool? Lasers. (laughs) Lasers
2: would be cool. Lasers (laughs) on sharks. I was just just about to say, (laughs) lasers on sharks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, I can see that, the whole breaking of the physics, because the amount of force it took to break the signpost off was nil, but then it somehow broke the wagon wheel. Like you could almost use the, oh, it's starting to rot. And that's how you could pull it off
2: until it broke the wagon wheel. And then it's like, "Mm, never mind. Well, and the problem with that too is the wagon wheels are like, you think about wagon wheels are like they're wood. No, they were banded in metal. Like they had iron banding that held it together. That's why it was so difficult when a wagon wheel broke to fix it because you needed to replace it with metal, not just wood. So the fact that he just hucked it like a spear and it just shattered the bottom half of the wheel, I was like... (laughs) No. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is he? Like a superhuman? Did we we get his version of freaking Aries in this movie yeah, all of a sudden? Like, come on, dude. Same universe. Wonder Woman to Enola Holmes. They just it's doesn't work. Perfect. Like,
1: Henry Cavill's in both. It's Superman in disguise. Yep, yep. It works.
0: Telling you. So dumb. Another you know question. Did, did you guys like how they introduced the beginning of this movie where she was running, cops were chasing, and one of those, the fourth wall, like, hey, let's see how I got
2: to this point uh, because sometimes movies do that where they backtrack just curious how that landed for y'all I didn't mind it yeah I didn't have a huge it would have bothered me more if they hadn't done something similar with the first one I wish they hadn't done it because they did it with the first one but understanding that they did I was okay with it I do think it's a very overused trick of cinematography these days like I don't remember who did it like the first major movie that did it but starting in the middle and then working our way back and catching up with it. But I was okay with it. I was neither here, neither here nor there with it.
0: Yeah. I don't think it bothered me so much. I did like how they also did it kind of in a similar vein with the memories she had, like with her mom and that like contraption that she built with the law, the physical laws. It made me think of Mousetrap, the, the board mm-hmm. game. You guys have played that freaking love that game. Love that right and I thought that was cool And the same thing when she was showing The Lord, Tewksbury, whatever, I think it was Tewksbury, how to fight, like dodge and then punch. And those things, I'm like, yeah, like that's kind of how we think as human beings. Like you recall experiences that come out later in life. So I thought that was cool. Yeah.
2: I mean, I do like, again, Millie Bobby Brown can sell anything. So when we get back to that point and she's like, you've already seen this, like I laugh, but that's because of her, not because of the writing. Like she just can deliver a line. Like she's really good. Like I can't say enough about her. I think she's one of my favorites and I hope she doesn't go on the crazy train of young actors that lose their shit for some reason as they come into adulthood. Because I really think that she's already a phenomenal actress. I can't wait to see her in more adult roles. Well, I hope the fact that we're more open in talking about mental health issues that it's different this time around. We can hope, but man, so many child actors have gone bonkers, unfortunately. And I can't imagine, like, I don't say that to be shitty towards them. Like that lifestyle can't be easy for a child to have pretty much anything and everything you want given to you at any time. And then having to, you know, there's this level of separation of human intimacy because everybody wants something from you or seemingly. So I, I can't even fathom what that's like. So I don't want it to seem like I'm being nasty about them. I just hope that she doesn't have to go through that, or she has some coping mechanism or grounding system that keeps her from losing it. Cause I think it'd be unfortunate because she's she's badass.
1: I will say another, I guess, letdown maybe disappointment, partial disappointment was the big reveal. Yeah. The amount of time that it took to build up made me think, oh, oh, oh it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And then the payout didn't equal um what the build, yeah, that's a good build point. up was. Yeah, And so it felt like they, you know, almost wrote the ending first and then went back to the beginning and said, okay, now how do we get, and they just took off on their story, left a bunch of kind of hanging loose ends. And then
2: the end reveal just was like,
1: oh, okay,
2: cool. Yeah. Way to go guys. Yeah. Well, and the reveal of who Moriarty was, was so obvious. Like I saw it coming the instant she was talking to her on the balcony. I was like, oh, that's, Moriarty she's in the perfect position to be involved in it like I looked at Casey I was like there's Moriarty okay that's fun and then just the involvement of Moriarty kind of bothered me because that's and again I don't know if she's yeah I don't know if she's in the books or not like I said I haven't read past the first one and she's not in the first one so I don't know if Moriarty's involved in the second one or beyond but that's a Sherlock Holmes villain like that is the Sherlock Holmes villain so Again, that crossover bothered me a little bit. Like I let it go real quick, but to me, the reveal was anticlimactic because I was like, well, it's not her issue. That's never going to be a continuing villain for her unless Holmes and Holmes becomes a thing. Or the whole idea behind Enola is that the actual genius of Sherlock is that he can't actually solve a crime without her. But we know that's not true because he's already famous before she even became part of the picture so it was just one of those things where again i felt like it just wasn't the right place for moriarty to be
1: well even in villain. moriarty's reveal her note is to sherlock yeah like 100 her note is to sherlock and nola holmes just kind of stumbles in yeah side, moriarty side, uses yeah. her and it kind of cheapened the whole villain aspect for me because like moriarty is sherlock's foil Mm -hmm. sherlock is naturally gifted moriarty's like the education behind everything and that's how you know it's a very nice little dynamic and this just kind of cheapened it and why not make enola holmes a villain it's not in the books that would have been dope not like her a villain but make her a villain yeah give her her uh, a foil foil. yeah Yeah. and it could have been the superintendent sure david Ooh, that would have been awesome Mm -hmm. we already know he's a great villain you could have done, you know, any one of the lords. She, she took out his at. balls. He's done. <laughs> oh, dude. <that laughs> oh, yeah. One of the worst ways to go. Yeah, But yeah. you could have done so many things without having to lean on Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes' story.
2: Yeah, Which, once again, I blame the source material for. Uh, you know, I thought for a second, I was hoping that, like, the match place owner's son was going to be, like, some form of a villain or... Maybe we have Moriarty's son or Moriarty's brother. It, yeah, or something that, because I'm okay yeah. if we have a mirror image for Enola Holmes, right? I just need, I want her to have her own thing, but that goes back to me. I want it to be her movie. I don't want it. her to be a side character in the show of Sherlock, because that's what it felt like. There's plenty of Sherlock stuff. Show me more Millie Bobby Brown, and I'm cool with it. But anyway, doesn't matter. But that's kind of how I felt too. The reveal was eh. It kind of ruined the end for me. I was like, boo-boo. But that's what it felt like to me was a setup for a continuation for a Sherlock show or a Sherlock movie. I was like... Because she escapes. Yeah, because she escapes and you see the newspaper article about it. So it was really weird to me that that's because it felt like one of those... You get a TV show that's been running for a while. and They're like, let's make a spinoff. And then they have like those middle episodes that are like the fake pilot for the new show that are in the middle of a real season of show. I was like, that's what this feels like to me now. About halfway through it, I was like, hmm. And they didn't show off her fighting skills nearly as much. Like in the first one, she was constantly fighting somebody, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then this one, like she only gets in like two fights barely. And uh she showed her dancing and she picked that up pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. Fighting, dancing, not too far off the. But I did love her explanation of fighting to Tewksbury. Like that shit was funny. It's like, avoid the punch, land your punch. <laughs> <laughs> told me it was that easy <laughs> and then he got his ass yeah,
1: no kidding <laughs> well i'm glad i appreciate it yeah yeah i appreciate it because too. typically i'm in the boat of if you show me some training i will believe kind of everything else that you show me but i would have been upset if during the carriage drive this guy picked up how to land a haymaker yeah and then was able to fight and just i enjoyed the fact that he just got thrown around until he landed one good punch
2: by accident i was gonna say i loved (laughs) i loved his george mcfly moment like that shit was great like he just gets this lucky punch out of rage i will say i did i'm gonna put on my inner javier in this moment and say what the hell is up with the freaking superintendent or whatever the hell he was because he can't shoot enola holmes from five feet away but he can hit sherlock from like 40 (laughs) I was like, hmm, "Hold on!" <laughs> While Sherlock is running, I was like, oh, "Wait a minute! How does that work?" Well, yeah. then he shoot him in the opposite shoulder as well.
1: Yeah, I was like, like it was the right side that was facing
2: him, and he shot him in the left shoulder. Yeah, I was like, "Wait, what? How did that just happen?" It was like, "You miss her standing static twice from less than ten feet, but you hit him from like twenty or thirty full movement." I've okay. got it, JJ. This is how you know it's her movie. Yeah. Boom. That's how they explained it right there. Plot armor. <laughs> Plot armor. I love this is it. a Nola Holmes movie. Yep. She cannot be shot from any <laughs> exactly. range. Well, they
0: also had Henry Cavill's Superman under his clothes. So, like, uh-huh. that was fake blood. There you go. There you go. They knew he could take it. He we'll is a big him, target. Man. I can't believe he's 39. He's almost 40. The dude
2: is looking good. Yeah. He's built like a freaking freight train, dude. I mean, it's just like Chris Hemsworth. Like when you first, like if you go back and watch old Chris Hemsworth movies, like when he was young, he's a toothpick, dude. But then you get into Hollywood and you have the movie studios paying for your freaking bodybuilding well, coaches. They, they got that stuff on lock. Dude.
0: Hemsworth, Hugh Jackman, Henry Cavill. Like they, the steroid and the coaching they got and the dieting, like they've got that, that
2: science on lock. Oh yeah. Well, even uh, freaking Robert Downey Jr. Like there was a moment in Iron Man like where he's like sleeveless or whatever, and I was like, "He's got some arms." Like yeah, I mean, he's like, not like Chris Hemsworth. But uh, why am I forgetting Javier's
0: favorite guy? He played Bane. Uh, what's his oh name Tom, name? Hardy? Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy, freaking
2: jacked yeah. out of his mind. Yeah, they they got that. <laughs> in <law>. favorite guy. <laughs> well, he never stopped talking about Hardy, man ever he likes he likes that guy he likes that guy yeah but i mean overall I, I mean i had fun watching the movie like i said but i think it's more a product of who was in it and the fact that they can make anything interesting like they just had a really good cast like and it's hard
1: to make a bad movie with the amount of talent you have on screen
2: sure i mean even the guy that plays lestrade like <laughs> he <was> pretty <laughs> he's pretty funny my like, that guy was great <laughs> And Lestrade's just such a fun character in the books too. Like, cause he's just this roving moron, but he's just like piggybacking off of Holmes all the time. It's fun. But I mean, you look at like Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter, like she's in it for what, five minutes? And she just chews up scenery. Like the cast is amazing in this show. So it was bound to be decent just watching these guys make a movie. So we ready to rate it. I, I think so. Okay, I'll go first. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't anything to write home about. I love Millie Bobby Brown. I do enjoy Henry Cavill. I just don't think he should have been in it as much. I think it distracted me from the fact that it was a Noel Holmes movie. And the fact that I was thinking about that made me distracted from the movie as a whole. And take my word with a grain of salt because I'm judging it based on the first, which I really, really enjoyed because it was different it was a fun take and Millie Bobby Brown absolutely killed it in that one. So I just think, like I said, a million times, it's a product of the people that were in it. So it had an entertainment value. It's fun. It's wholesome. It's good. You can watch it. It's not, you know, darken your day, like some of the stuff we've been watching lately. So I think, you know, if you're looking for a good entertaining, ooh, I will say it was a little long at two hours and 10 minutes. And I felt it like, I don't think the first one was that long. And so this one, I kind of felt. The other thing that I will say that I did like that I didn't know was I had no idea that this match girl story was real. And then Casey made fun of me because she's like, well, it did say at the beginning that most of the important parts are real. And I was like, shut up. I was like, I did read that, (laughs) but I didn't realize that they were being serious. Like I didn't, you know, I thought it was part of the comedy of this movie, but it was really interesting. And I looked into it and I mean, that really happened. In a lot of those ways, I mean, obviously not the murder mystery behind it, but the fact that white phosphorus is very dangerous for you and gave you like a jaw infection or it was killing people. So it was really interesting to go back and learn more about that. So I thought that was cool that they integrated a real story into it. So anyway, thought that was interesting. Overall, I think it was an average movie. I'm going to give it a two and a half. It, it was fun. It was entertaining. It's not something I would rewatch. If I'm going to watch Ola Holmes, I'm going to go back and watch the first one because I thought that one was a gem. So. That's it for me. Two and a half. Wouldn't watch it again. Alec. All right.
1: <laughs> so my biggest beef with this movie is source material. Like I said earlier, I think that with the cast that you have, you could make a Millie Bobby Brown detective story that is far better. Get away from the Enola Holmes, And it would be far more successful because it's Millie Bobby Brown. You can even set it in Victorian area, England <laughs> do everything that way. But just make it about Millie Bobby Brown. That way you don't have to have these Sherlock Holmes tie-ins or anything like that, and just lean on a very charismatic actress who has enormous amounts of talent. I think that would have been a lot better. However, I also do. You know, it was fun. It was a fun little watch. So I'm going to be the same as you, JJ. Two and a half, right in the middle of the road. Not going to watch it again simply because i'd rather watch something else that has millie bobby brown in it or henry cavill you can find all these actors in other movies mm-hmm.
0: but yeah i mean it was it was all right middle of the road sweet all right madison bring it home the first El holmes was two hours and three minutes so was it really was similar yeah it didn't Pretty feel two hours into... so that makes yeah. a big difference two and a half for me won't watch this again like I said, they lean into more of the whimsical side. At times, I thought it was a little over the top. I don't mind having Henry Cavill in there. I hope they make a Sherlock Holmes movie with him. I will definitely be watching that. Netflix, make it happen. Seems mm-hmm. like that's kind of where you're going. I'm all for that. Again, this movie, like Jay just said, entertaining. You're going to watch it with people. You want a good laugh. You want something that you can throw on. You're not going to be disappointed, but there's nothing to write home about. There's nothing that makes this movie particularly special. But Henry Cavill, when he's on screen, is great. Bobby Brown, amongst some of the other actors, everything's great, just I don't think the plot was overtly compelling, and I think they could have shaved off 20 minutes of this movie, and we all would have liked it a little more. Fair
2: enough. There it is. That was Enola Holmes 2 and our verdict, and it was fun to talk about, at the very least. Alec, tell everybody where else they can find us. <laughs> Jolly good show, isn't it? Uh, and that is British for what did you guys think of
1: Enola Holmes 2? Did you love it, or are you normal? If you're looking for more What's Our verted content, head over to any podcast platform and look us up. We will be there. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our reviews of The Peripheral on Amazon Prime, which is amazing, or find us live on Thursdays as we begin to wrap up season one of Andor. Not finding your favorite movie or TV show in our docket? Consider joining us on Patreon and forcing us to watch it, like our good friend John Waters' Silky Smooth Mustache Rides. Choosing between you and a seasick crocodile. We all know Matson would take the seasick crocodile. As always, did our verdict match with yours? Let us know in the comments below.
0: Oh, I love it. I would say choosing between Charles and the crocodiles. That's, that's what that mm-hmm. was. In- mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Charles. Yeah. You take the seasick crocodile, right? It's not even close.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, though, Mattson. I have finally taken... Pink flamingos out of the package that Alec has shipped it to me. Wow. So I will be watching it this week.
0: Look, my hope is it's gonna take you too long to watch, and then by the time you ship it to me, I'm in New Zealand and it's the new year and it's a new me and I don't have to watch it. You get to
2: ruin it. We have to review it before the end of the year. So Charles, little um, do you know that I
0: have been lobbying the state of Washington to enact a no flamingo fly zone. Uh, uh, therefore, this movie will not be able to be delivered. JJ uh, JJ's gonna have to drive up here and that's just not gonna be possible because he's JJ starting a has job. new technology, Matt's
1: and that true. I do
2: not possess in my primitive state. And don't tell me actually rip DVDs I can. into a file. <laughs> and don't tell me I still have eighteen days before I have to work again. So <laughs> <laughs> It'll only take me like 2 to get to you. <laughs> then we can sit and watch this one on the couch together like we did the last terrible one that he made us watch. Mother F and Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot
0: we watched Baby Geniuses too. Charles, you ruined a good happy reunion (laughs) with JJ because we had to watch
2: that stupid ass movie. I got a good nap in the last twenty minutes. You
0: suck. Yeah, JJ couldn't even finish watching. That's how bad it was. It's not gonna be able to finish watching this one for completely different
2: reasons. (laughs) Oh my gosh! All right. Well. We'll get Taylor's it watched, Charles. That's Here what she's going to do. She's don't let her
1: down watch down with it me. with you. you. Don't watch it with Taylor. I
0: promise you do not That's do one it. one of those things I just don't tell her, huh? Yeah. No. It didn't
2: happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, or you might need her to refer her to a therapist friend of, your, of hers after you're done watching it. Just saying. Unlikely. <laughs> more likely. Charles,
0: do you see a therapist? I hope you do. <laughs> it's probably a good thing if you do.
2: I have on many occasions. And with that, well, they may just turn him away and say, "We can't help you." <laughs> that could be true as well. There it is. See the fun you have when you're one of our patrons. It's good times. You get roasted on our podcast and put Mattson in compromising positions. And with that, as always, Dude, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Mike Cinematical.